Hello and welcome to Chromodiversity, a podcast about common genetic diversity. I'm Elliot Pollock, founder of MyXXY Chromodiversity Foundation, and I'll be your host. In episodes 5 to 11, you'll hear me read out possibly the most extensive review of Kleinfelter syndrome, KS, to date. Published in 2018, it presents a comprehensive interdisciplinary examination of KS and highlights the importance of multidisciplinary care lasting the full spectrum of life from early childhood on. For ease of listening, we've broken it down into seven parts corresponding to seven episodes. Title, Kleinfelter Syndrome, Integrating Genetics, Neuropsychology, and Endocrinology. Authors, Gravhold et al. Publication, Endocrine Reviews, 2018. You can download the full version with elements not included here, such as tables, notes, and references on our podcast website, chromodiversity.com. In this episode, you'll be hearing part three about the fast-changing understanding of the genetics of KS and how the thinking behind the genomics era has moved away from genes to focus on the epigenome and the transcriptome, which can have more influence on health outcomes than genes alone. This matters because while you can't change your genes, we now know the way genes actually express themselves in real life often depends on external factors, some of which are under our control. One urgent consequence for policymakers and healthcare providers is that with early diagnosis and coordinated care, the high cost of compounding lifelong health, social, and professional issues due to KS may be largely avoidable. And with fast rising diagnosis rates, this could result in potentially colossal savings across key economic and health indicators. Another important consequence is that early diagnosis and coordinated health care is likely to make it easier for parents and educators to focus on the more rewarding task of helping children develop known signature strengths, promising better quality of life and outcomes for all, as described in episodes two and three. So if the rapidly shifting landscape of genetics is your cup of tea, sit back and enjoy the ride. Genetics of KS. Neither the origin nor the phenotypic manifestation of sex chromosome abnormalities is well understood, and phenotypic features consistently associated with these syndromes remain elusive. Other than KS, sex chromosome syndromes include Turner syndrome, 45X, 47XXX syndrome, and 47XYY syndrome. The current understanding of the X and Y chromosomes is based on evolutionary research. The sex chromosomes evolved from an identical pair of autosomes, but whereas the X chromosome has retained most of the original genes, 649 genes, the Y chromosome retained only about 40 genes, of which 17 are shared with the X chromosome. These mutual genes are involved in regulating other genes throughout the entire genome. Bellet et al. showed that 12 of the remaining genes on the Y chromosome, having identical 
Haplotypes on the X chromosome are needed in exactly two copies, and thus might play a vital role in sex chromosome abnormalities. The overarching biological question related to sex chromosome abnormalities is how to merge the understanding of the genome, epigenome, and transcriptome, for example, with the different phenotypic manifestations related to different organs, viability, occurrence of congenital malformations, etc. Similarly, severe traits as severe and diverse as type 2 diabetes, intrauterine demise, congenital cardiovascular malformations, and altered neurocognitive performance remain largely unexplained. Very recent studies with a system biology approach suggested an increased X chromosome gene dosage linked with altered protein interactome activity as an explanation for the observed comorbidities among KS males. The authors have epidemiologically mined a patient registry, merged with RNA expression data, and exploited protein-protein interaction databases to discover altered JAK STAT signaling, dysregulated genes involved in immune system functioning, energy balance, POMC and LEP, and erythropoietin signaling to be present in complex comorbidity networks in KS males. Genotype-phenotype associations. Despite comprehensive research, our knowledge about the genotype-phenotype relation in KS is limited. Genetic mechanisms related to the X chromosome, as well as the androgen receptor, have been evaluated for a possible impact on the phenotype in KS. These genetic mechanisms include the parental origin of the supernumerary X chromosome, the pattern of the X chromosome inactivation, and the androgen receptor CAG repeat length. The 47XXY karyotype arises from non-disjunction, either as a paternal non-disjunction in the first meiotic division, 50% of cases, or as a maternal non-disjunction in the first or second meiotic division or during postzygotic division, 50% of cases. The possibility that the parental origin of the extra X chromosome should have an impact on the phenotype has been proposed. The evidence is sparse, however, with the majority of studies finding no association and only a few finding a parental origin effect on phenotypic traits, including motor function and language speak, autistic and schizotypal traits, onset of puberty, and the ratio of the waist and height to arm span. In KS males, as in females, one of the two X chromosomes is inactivated early in embryogenesis, a process that normally occurs randomly. However, evidence suggests that skewed inactivation of the X chromosomes, over 80% inactivation of one of the allyl, occur in up to 43% of patients with KS. Skewed X chromosome inactivation may result in a silencing of either maternally or paternally imprinted genes, as it has been posited that some of the phenotypic variability in KS may be caused by this mechanism. However, the research to date does not support this hypothesis. 
polymorphism in the CAG repeat length in exon 1 of the androgen receptor gene has also been investigated for its relation to the phenotypic variability seen in KS, as the length of the CAG repeat is negatively correlated with the function of the androgen receptor. The existing literature shows that CAG repeat length of the androgen receptor does explain some of the variability seen in the phenotype of patients with KS, especially concerning anthropometry with a positive correlation with height, arm span, arm length, and leg length. Concerning other anthropometric measurements, however, such as by testicular volume and uh, gynecomastia, as well as data regarding hematology, lipid mechanism, and bone-related parameters, the findings are more inconsistent, with some studies finding a negative correlation between these measurements and CAG repeat length, whereas others found no correlation. Regarding cognitive function, no associations to CAG repeat length have been reported. An association between CAG repeat length and response to testosterone therapy has also been found, but was not supported by another study. In addition to these findings, individual studies have also investigated and reported an inverse correlation between CAG repeat length and penile length, attained educational level, and chances of entering partnership. Wickstrom et al. also found an inverse correlation between CAG repeat length and later onset of pubertal reactivation of the pituary gonadal axis, which fits well with the finding of a positive correlation with height and arm span. Conclusively, CAG repeat length is related to different anthropometric measures and also possibly to other measures but remains a research tool. At present, it's not expected to become of manifest importance in the clinic. Most males with KS have the karyotype 47XXY, 85% to 90%, whereas 6% to 7% have 46XY slash 47XXY mosaicism karyotype and the remaining 3% to 8% display either 46XX slash 47XXY or multiple X chromosome aneuploidy, including some with an additional Y chromosome, 47XXY slash 48XXXY, 48XXXY, 48XXYY, 49XXXXY. These latter cases display a more severe phenotype and should probably be considered outside the realm of KS diagnosis. Boys and men with mosaicism have been described as presenting a more favorable phenotype compared with non-mosaic KS males. However, only one study has compared KS men 47XXY with KS men having 46XY, 47XXY mosaicism. This study included only six KS men with mosaicism, and the proportion of XY slash XXY ranging from 2% to 87.5%. Here, KS men with 46XY slash 47XXY had larger testicular volume, lower levels of luteinizing hormone, LH, and estradiol, and higher mean total of sperm count, 
compared with non-mosaic KS males, azospermic, 93% versus 96.3%, and none of them reported any comorbidity. Further studies are needed to characterize the phenotype of KS men with 46XY slash 47XXY. Regarding the 46XX slash 47XXY karyotype, the prevalence is very low, with only eight cases, case reports published so far. In addition to the previously mentioned genetic mechanism related to the X chromosome, CAG repeat length, and the karyotype, it has been suggested that the phenotype may be explained by X-linked escape genes, but the evidence is sparse. Thus far, only one gene on the sex chromosomes has been convincingly connected to the phenotype in, X, in KS, the SHOX gene, which explains some of the excess growth. No genes or genetic mechanisms have been able to explain, for example, the increased risk, risk of type 2 diabetes or attendant infertility and the cognitive and behavioral phenotype. Although the evidence for a gene dosage effect on the phenotype is largely missing, new support for this theory comes from Bellet et al., who demonstrate that several genes on the Y chromosome have identical haplotypes on the X chromosomes. These genes could in theory be involved in the phenotype because they're expressed thrice in KS. Interestingly, Bellot et al. found evidence that sex chromosomes may regulate gene expression throughout the genome due to enrichment of genes involved in transcription and translation, indicating that the phenotype seen in KS may be caused by a different expression of autosomal genes as well. Further evidence for this theory comes from a recent study, published study by Belling et al., who evaluated gene expression in peripheral blood in men with KS and controls. They identified 363 differentially expressed genes in men with KS compared with controls, of which the majority was located on autosomal chromosomes. In addition, their analysis indicated dysregulation of genes involved in the immune system and energy balance, two areas associated with the phenotype in KS. Although a gene dosage effect of having a supernumerary X chromosome may explain some of the phenotypic traits seen in KS, it cannot explain the variability seen in the clinical phenotype in KS, indicating that other mechanisms play a crucial role for the observed phenotype. Recently published data provided evidence that the DNA methylation profile in KS is associated with widespread changes both in blood and brain tissue. It is possible that these genome-wide alterations in DNA methylation play a role on the biological mechanism behind the clinical phenotype in KS as well as its variability as DNA methylation is part of our regulatory epigenic machinery that is thought to affect our gene expression. More studies are needed to further elucidate these epigenic perspectives on the phenotype, including studies of target tissues such as muscle, fat, brain, and testes, including both DNA methylation analysis and 
RNA expression analysis, as well as proteome analysis. We recently presented data on, epige on epigenetics and RNA expression in blood from Turner syndrome individuals, which implicates several genes not previously thought to be involved in the phenotype of Turner syndrome. And these findings may have relevance for the conceptual thinking of genetics concerning KS. We found global hypomethylation of the genome, but also areas of hypermethylation of and RNA expression changes. We speculate that the widespread hypomethylation of proximal pr promoters may have a regulatory impact on gene transcription and suggest a possible link between the differential methylation and expression seen. In this study, the sex chromosome analysis provided the largest existing set of differentially expressed genes, and in combination, these genes can be linked to several of the specific characteristics of Turner syndrome. They include known escape genes such as RPS4X, JPX, and LANCL3. Other X chromosome genes were differentially expressed, CD40LG and KDM5C. Because KDM5C participates in transcriptional repression of neuronal genes, we speculate that KDM5C may play a role in the distinct neurocognitive profile of Turner syndrome. In KS, we see something resembling a mirror image of the changes in Turner syndrome with preferential hypermethylation, but affecting many of the genes also involved in Turner syndrome. We've also found pervasive RNA expression changes involving genes throughout the genome, unpublished material, thus a complicated picture of the genotypic effects on phenotypes in KS is beginning to emerge with epigenetic RNA expression and protein-protein changes. The precise impacts of these changes and other genomic mechanisms remain to be elucidated. X chromosome inactivation and influence of the extra X chromosome. Among KS males, a global preferential hypermethylation of the genome seems to be present. Although some CPG sites are hypomethylated, changes which can be thought as orchestrated from the supernumerary X chromosome. Particularly for X chromosome inactivation, long non-coding RNAs are known to control the histone modifications that precede chromatin condensation and bar body formation. Long non-coding RNAs regulate gene expression at many different levels, including through chromatin structure, transcriptional activation, and transcript stability. Non-coding RNAs often function via direct sequence complementarity with target transcripts and potentially target DNA regions. The overarching biological question relating to KS is how to merge the understanding of the genome, epigenome, transcriptome, etc. with the different phenotypic manifestations related to different organs, viability, occurrence of congenital malformations, etc. traits as diverse as type 2 diabetes, infertility, infertility 
hypergonadotropic hypogonadism, congenital malformations, and altered neurocognitive performance remain unexplained. Importantly, the research and thinking behind the genomics era have moved away from a focus on single genes on the supernumerary X chromosome for explaining the majority of phenotypes in KS to a focus on more subtle, pervasive changes in the epigenome and transcriptome as a possible background. Summary of best evidence and areas of controversy. Summary of best evidence. The presence of three copies of the SHOX gene explains excess height in, in KS, and CAG repeat length is related to different anthropometric measures. Areas of controversy. Genotype-phenotype relations in KS are largely unexplained. The current thinking that pervasive but discrete changes in the epigenome and the transcriptome explain parts of the phenotype still lacks compelling evidence, yet other genetic mechanisms, such as copy number variation or additional expression of escape genes on the extra X chromosome, may be at play. Thanks for listening to part three about the genetics of KS, which I hope was clear enough despite my hesitant readout of a few of the technical terms. As you just heard, it's now understood that genes alone cannot explain the very wide range of variations and health risks related to the presence of an extra X chromosome. It's thought other mechanisms are at play, such as the complex and subtle ways genes interact and express themselves over time. However, as of 2018, there were quite a few hypotheses, but little compelling evidence of how this might actually happen at the molecular level. The most important practical takeaway is that the wide variety of KS health risks are significantly more extensive than previously thought, but also now well identified, allowing to address or prevent many of them at an early stage, provided early diagnosis and intervention as required across a number of specialties. For clinicians, the next three episodes, part four, five, and six, are the most important ones. They provide the most complete and detailed picture to date of the heightened risks healthcare providers need to systematically check for from an early age onwards, as well as the type of specialists they may need to bring in in order to do no harm and avoid lifelong adverse outcomes. The fact is, genomics, screening, and testing are advancing at a blistering pace. It can be hard to keep up, let alone know what to do in terms of policy, awareness, screening, and care when faced with today's increasingly frequent positive diagnosis. Indeed, since this review was published, new findings have been made in the areas of testing and early intervention that could result in vastly improved lifelong outcomes, such as ones that are discussed in episodes one to four. Fortunately, we're learning more every day, and thanks to amazing people like you, listening, learning, and supporting our cause, I believe the future is bright. <laughs>